Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. I'm your host, Nolan Bicknell. Today on RC360, we continue our coverage of Winnipeg neighborhoods as Robert Zirk joins us in studio to talk about Norwest Co-op Community Food Center, a great little community center that's really helping out in the Inkster neighborhood. Then we'll speak to Executive Director of Good Neighbors Active Living Center, a a fantastic community for adults that are 55 and older. And finally, Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Commons joins us to talk about This Week in Citizen Journalism. All this, some great tunes, and much more on today's episode of River City 360. We all know that eating healthy is important, but what if you had to forego eating healthy or even eating at all just to make ends meet? Unfortunately, scenarios like this are all too real for many Canadians, and according to a 2012 study, food insecurity, which is a lack of access to healthy food, affects nearly 56,000 households in our province alone. Recently, RC360 learned about a new concept that's helping to take a bite out of food insecurity in Winnipeg's Inkster neighborhood, and senior producer Robert Zirk now joins us in studio to talk about it. Robert, thanks for joining me. Glad to be here. So, Norwest Co-op Community Food Center, that's a mouthful, opened in March, and its goal is to improve access to healthy food in the Inkster area. That's right. Um, It's actually the first community food center in Western Canada. So uh, we spoke with Christina McMillan, she's the director, and here's how she defines the Norwest Community Food Centre. The centre is a place where the community can come to share a good meal, learn how to garden, take cooking classes, and take action on issues in the community. So you said that this is the first of its kind in Western Canada. How how exactly did this idea come about? The community food centre movement uh, started a while back in Toronto. Uh, The first community food centre in Canada was established there, and it's called The Stop. They were originally a food bank, and they just really evolved their programming um, based on the needs of the community, and they found that this sort of cooking, gardening, meal program advocacy combination really worked. Every food centre is really tailored for the needs of the community, but it's based off of that core model around those principles. So why is this important? So why is this important for their neighborhood and and the Inkster area? Well, um, there's a few significant challenges faced by the neighborhood. Um, For one thing, it's a little bit geographically isolated. So there are less services in the area than some other Winnipeg neighborhoods. Uh, Many of the residents are struggling with poverty. And diabetes rates have increased by four times among residents in the past five years alone. So those challenges, um, and in seeing the link between healthy eating and disease prevention were what prompted Norwest Co-op because originally their their um, focus is as a community health center. They took action and established as well the community food center. You can tell people what to eat, but a lot of times until you sort of show them how to cook it, you're not going to make that real change. At the same time, we know there's a lot of low-income community members in this neighborhood. We're located directly across the street from the largest Manitoba housing complex in the province, Gilbert Park. It's a home to about 1,000 people. And the median family income in that um, in Gilbert Park is about $15,000 a year. So imagine trying to feed your family off of that. 
So there's a lot of families that are just struggling to put food on the table, let alone healthy food. And so we really wanted to answer that sort of immediate food access issue as well, but to do it in a dignified way, you know, a way that people feel excited coming into this space where they feel part of it and they can learn and, you know, create community around it while they're there. So the center opened in March, and when we talked to Christina, she mentioned the response had already been very positive. Yeah, um, you know, after two years of planning and uh, some consultations with the community, she mentioned that people are really excited to um, to be part of the center and see some of their ideas be implemented. Um, and already, the Norwest Community Food Center is looking toward the future. I want to see community gardens and an urban orchard across the street in Shaughnessy Park. I want to see community members take on running programs themselves and, you know, with very minimal staff support so they can really drive the direction of it. I hope to see us get more involved in some of the activism around poverty and around food insecurity. And I'm just hoping that we continue to draw in a diverse crowd of people and to sort of create those connections between cultural communities because food binds everyone together, right? It's our common, it's our common thread. We all like good food. So. That was Christina McMillan, director of the Norwest Co-op Community Food Center. So if people want to learn more, where, where can they go? Uh, you can visit their website. So the address is norwestcoop.ca. So that's N-O-R-W-E-S-T-C-O-O-P dot C-A. Perfect. Thank you very much to senior producer Robert Zirk. Thank you. 
Are you over the age of 55? If so, you might be interested in our next story. Good Neighbors Active Living Center is a nonprofit charitable organization that provides opportunities for adults 55 plus to stay active, stay connected to their community, and to meet new friends. I visited the facility a couple months ago, and it was actually pretty amazing. It, it made me, you know, I almost look forward to uh, retirement. There was a there are pickleball tournaments, woodworking classes, fitness classes, and pretty much any other activity you can really imagine. I spoke with Good Neighbors Executive Director Susan Sater, and we talked about her experience at Good Neighbors and exactly what makes it such a great place. So, Susan, you've been the ED uh, for Good Neighbors for over 12 years, but how did you decide you initially wanted to be a part of the Good Neighbors family? Um, Good Neighbors had such a good reputation in the community before I started here, and um, I knew their previous uh, executive director and um, just asked her a little bit about the job and, you know, sort of what it how it was for her. She really loved it. And I thought, OK, well, I'll give it a try and see. And yeah, I've been here ever since. I plan to stay for five <laughs> and then reevaluate. But it's just a place that has continued to evolve and to grow and go into some different areas of service delivery. So it's always been interesting. So you got this beautiful new facility built in 2009. Uh, we visited there and it was actually pretty spectacular. So how has it helped you at Good Neighbors? It's wonderful. Our, ho- our old home served its purpose, but it was definitely time for a change. So um, when we moved here, I mean, just the amount of space that we had to be able to uh, continue programs that we already had, but then to offer some new things as well. It just expanded so much. Um, when we moved here, we had about 900 members. We now have 1,200 members. And um, when we moved, we also changed the name from Good Neighbors Senior Center to Good Neighbors Active Living Center. And that I think we had that had a bit of a difference too in um, who was coming to the center and sort of the better captured the feel of what this place was about because it is all about active living, not just physically, but socializing, um, trying out new opportunities, volunteering. So that a very broad sense of active living. Could you tell our listeners what kind of activity, what kinds of activities your your members can partake in? There's such a variety of programs that we offer. So we have fitness programs, and I should say we're providing programs that are geared towards people who are 55 plus to people who are well into their 90s. So it's a couple of generations of folks in that group. So we really try to have a good variety of programs. So we have um, a whole slew of fitness programs. So programs that are for very uh, people who don't have any kinds of mobility challenges to offering programs for people who do. So everything from uh, Let's Move, Let's Dance class, which is very active, to uh, people with arthritis can exercise program. Um, and yeah, a whole bunch of things in between. We try to stay current with what's going on in, in uh, the community. So we've offered circuit training has been really big, so we're doing that. And of course, yoga we offer, Pilates we offer, uh, just a whole variety of fitness programs. We do a lot of educational programming as well. So we have our, you know, watercolor painting class, acrylics. We have a computer and technology workshops that have just blossomed. Um, It's been interesting when we first started, everything was sort of introduction to computers and those filled up right away. Now we have a harder time filling those ones. It's the 
iPad classes and how do you use Kijiji and how do you use Picasa, that kind of stuff. That's so cool. It's probably interesting to see people using these new programs and new technologies and iPads and stuff for the, for the very first time. Yeah, it's amazing how, yeah, and seniors have really embraced technology because, you know, with families living away, it's a great way for them to stay in touch and communicate and and uh, yeah, that, that, that's really uh, blossomed. So Susan, 12 years with Good Neighbors. Tell me how good that makes you feel after over a decade uh, with Good Neighbors. Um, like I said, I plan to stay for five years and I'm still here. And it's just, it's one of those places that as soon as I walked in for my interview, I knew I wanted this job. It was actually the so Monday morning and the men's pool group was meeting. And I went and sat in the room they were in at the other building. And they just started chatting away with me. They were telling me jokes. And it just had such a good vibe. And I think that's one of the things that Good Neighbors really has is we've worked hard to make sure that it's a warm and welcoming environment. Um, We have volunteers whose job is to greet people as they come in and to give tours to new people. Because it can be intimidating coming in here for the first time and not knowing anybody. we, you know, our cafe encourages people to have lunch or coffee together. It's been really important to us, especially since we moved here and it was such a big facility. We didn't want to lose that kind of homey closeness, I guess. And I think we've been very successful in that. It is a place where people know one another. And I have to say, my favorite part of this job is watching the friendships develop. That you have someone who comes here that doesn't know a soul. They decide to take a fitness class. All of a sudden, they're volunteering. All of a sudden, you're seeing them in hobnobs with a group of their, you know, uh, people in their fitness class. That that's my absolute favorite part of this job is seeing those kinds of things happen. Thank you very much to Susan Sater, Executive Director of Good Neighbors Active Living Center. If you want to find out more information about Good Neighbors, please visit www.gnalc.ca. Or if you'd like to visit the center, it's located at 720 Henderson Highway. Or like I said, you can visit their website at www.gnalc.ca. Coming up after the break, Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Commons joins us in studio. But first, here's the Denny Vaughn Orchestra with their song, High Neighbor, right here on River City 360.
And now the most recent entry in our series about Winnipeggers who, through planning, foresight, and generosity, created a lasting legacy and helped make their community a better place. Here's senior producer for RC360, Robert Zirk. Catherine Helen Isabel Macbeth had foresight. She gave to her community through a discretionary fund at the Winnipeg Foundation. Macbeth was born in Winnipeg in 1895, the last descendant of Red River settler Alexander Macbeth. She grew up in the original family homestead in Old Kildonan. Macbeth graduated from the University of Manitoba in 1915 and was a teacher for more than 40 years, including at Isaac Newton High School. Macbeth passed away in 1989. During her lifetime, Macbeth gave her family homestead to the city of Winnipeg to establish Macbeth Park. She left the remainder of her estate to the Winnipeg Foundation. Her original gift of almost $160,000 was endowed, creating a permanent source of support for local charitable projects. Today, the total amount distributed to the community exceeds the value of her bequest. Since gifts to the Foundation are endowed, they continue to support our community for good forever. Over time, grants made surpass the value of the original gift, multiplying the positive impact in our community. When you give to the Winnipeg Foundation, you're joining Miss Macbeth and thousands of others with the foresight to support our community for good forever. Thank you for listening to River City 360. We're now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg, convener of Community News Commons and a partner with us here at RC360. Noah, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. So every week we we talk to you about citizen journalism, as as that is your world. Um, So tell us a little bit about what's been happening on uh, CNC this week. Well, you know, one of my favorite stories that we published um, just uh, a couple of days ago uh, was uh, a piece by Sarah Aronson. And um, it really focused on what it's like to be homeless in Winnipeg. And um, she looked at some of the reasons why people become homeless and what impact this uh, has on them, as well as what impact it has on our society as a whole. Now, Sarah does some uh, broadcasting for CKUW 95.9 FM, which is uh, the University of Winnipeg radio station, a partner also with uh, CNC. And... um, uh, this radio documentary that uh, first appeared on uh, or was first on CQW um, is published on CNC and uh, it really takes a really interesting in-depth uh, look at the hard reality that's faced by many people who are homeless in our city and it looks at you know some of the efforts that are needed to combat this uh, national crisis. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So um, from a bit of a darker note to maybe a lighter note, it's summer mm-hmm. and I understand that that means people are out biking. And there was a uh, great little article that celebrated that. Exactly. Uh, Greg McNeil um, is a terrific writer and an even better photographer. And Mm -hmm. he does a lot of interesting stories about biking, marathoning, uh, swimming, all sorts of different activities that people get involved with. And so he had a nice piece on the spectacular season of women's bicycle riding that is getting ready to roll. And um, it's, um, it's a series of races. Uh, that um, uh, are for women. And um, basically, um, this season sort of puts together um, not just uh, bike races, but also clinics to improve bike handling skills and okay. maintenance, and really an all-around sort of friendly social environment where exercise and well-being are encouraged. So uh, I think our cool. listeners would really like to uh, take a look at that piece. And it's definitely time to get out there and bike. Finally, the 
snow is gone, the sun is out, and we can enjoy the beautiful Winnipeg summer. That's for sure. And last but not least, our resident sort of expert, Doug Kretschmer, yeah. had a review, I believe? Yes, that's right. Doug uh, Doug really likes to do reviews. He's kind mm-hmm. of a man about town, and <laughs> uh, he uh, really contributes quite a bit of uh, material to uh, Community News Commons on a regular basis. And he was, uh, he was at the 12th Annual Carol Shields Festival of New Works recently uh, that was presented over at Prairie Theatre Exchange. Mm. And um, the festival features playwrights' works that are sort of still in development, and it gives the audience a glimpse into the workings of that creative process. So um, it's not a final production, but what, what you get a look at is kind of the production, where it is at this point, and actors kind of have their scripts on stage, oh, and yeah. the director's there, you know, telling the actors where to sit and where to stand. And um, the piece that he went uh, to look at uh, is called um, The Deserter's Tale, uh, which is basically by director and playwright Daniel Tao Elaf, and um, actually the the play is called Deserter, but it's based on a book uh, called The Deserter's Tale, okay. which is by a Iraq war resistor named Joshua Key, who happens to um, uh, live in Winnipeg now, actually. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Doug Kretschmer. He is, I mean, I feel like he goes to every show, every play, everything. Like, he is and, and out for, there. And for the record, he, he, he works for a living, so. Oh, really? Yeah, yes, he does. That's he actually work, he works overnight. Oh, cool. Yeah, so he has sort of the daytime, and the, but then, of course, he has to sleep Very at, nice. Sleep well, shout, at out, some point. shout out to Doug Kretschmer, one of the great CNC citizen reporters. Yes, indeed. Um, so, speaking of being a citizen reporter, I understand that you are doing a free workshop um, to teach and to mentor and to guide uh, potential or current citizen reporters. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Noah? For sure. If uh, if people want to become a citizen reporter, uh, uh, they can certainly just sign up on the site and they can start writing and I will help them with, you know, with whatever it is that they, they whatever story they'd like to post. But if they want to get some more direction, um, they can come to a workshop that is being held at the Winnipeg, uh, at the uh, Millennium Library in downtown Winnipeg. Um, this coming Saturday, May the 30th, as well as Saturday, June the 6th. There's two more workshops in this sort of three-part series. And uh, this week will be, uh, or this coming Saturday, we'll be looking at photography, video, and audio and sort of finalizing your outline for your story and how to uh, put your story into the best you know shape it can be. And, then, um, and like I say, those are free. And uh, if you want to sign up, uh, you, you do have to register. You can just go to Community News Commons, which, which is um, www.cncwpg.org, and you'll see a story there that uh, talks about citizen journalism uh, workshops. Very cool. So cncwpg.org. And anyone should come because it's it has a very low barrier of entry. If Even if you've never done or practiced journalism before, please just show up. It doesn't matter if you have been doing it for five minutes or 20 years because we'll be able to teach you something exactly and that's why it's uh, such a great uh, place to learn how to do it because it's really uh, like there's no pressure and it's a lot of fun perfect so we'll see you there uh, may 30th and june 6th you can go to cncwpg.org for more information okay thank you very much noah ehrenberg for sitting down with us today it was great thank you now here's bert kampfert with his song newspaper right here on river city 360 
Thank you very much for listening to River City 360. And a special thank you to Susan Sader of Good Neighbors Active Living Center and to Christina McMillan of Norwest Co-op Community Food Center for taking the time to speak with us today. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg or listen to any of our past episodes, please visit rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with Community News Commons and CJNU 93.7 FM. Please give us a call. We'd like to hear from you. So call 204-944-9474, extension 290, and leave us a comment about the show. Uh, You can request a song or suggest a topic for any of our future shows. That's 204-944-9474, extension 290. I'm Nolan Bicknell for River City 360. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great Sunday. Thank you.